Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast, where every week, Danny and Maura Vega discuss topics that help families live a healthy and active lifestyle with their little ones, including nutrition and training, peaceful parenting, education, and mindset. To stay up to date, make sure to hit subscribe on this podcast and check out the blog at www.fatfuel.family. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at dannyvega.ms, at fatfueledmom, and at fatfueledkids, and fatfueledfamily on YouTube. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, we want to take a minute to talk about a revolutionary idea that our friends shared with us in February that has completely changed our lives. For those of you who know us well or have been listening to us for a while, you know how much we love to travel. Imagine having a VIP four to five star travel experience at two to three star prices. Imagine getting paid to travel. Well, all of these things have now become our reality and we can't not share it with our listeners. Now that we know what we know, we will never pay full price on travel ever again. If you're interested in joining us and millions of other people who have been traveling the world and living their dreams, just email us at hello at fatfueled.family for more info. Welcome to the Fat Fuel Family Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Vega, and I'm joined by public enemy number one. Well, public enemy number one and number, or number two. two. Yeah. How are you, my love? I'm doing just fine. You're doing good? Yeah. We're good. We're in the booth. Yeah, surprisingly. We're in the booth, so we're good. And we're with someone that we're really excited for everybody to meet. Um, So much going on right now. So much craziness. We got our first troll account, um, which was interesting. It came as a result of all of this this madness that's been going on with the... um, With with the... uh, The lockdown. With the lockdown. And um, I feel like we've made it now. Did we make it? Yeah, we've made it. I don't want to make it. So, <laughs> but I don't want to waste any more time. So let's introduce our guest today. We have Connor Boyack. Um, this is someone we've been following for yes. a long time. Connor is the founder and president of Libertas Institute, a free market think tank in Utah, named one of Utah's most politically influential people by the Salt Lake Tribune. Connor's leadership has led to dozens of le- legislative victories spanning a wide range of areas such as privacy, government transparency, property rights, drug policy, education, personal freedom, and more. A public speaker and author of 21 books, Connor is best known for the Tuttle Twins books, a children's series introducing young readers to economic, political, and civic principles. By the way, we own all of the Tuttle Twins books and we highly recommend them. Um, Connor lives in, (laughs) he lives near Salt Lake City, Utah with his wife and two homeschooled children. Today we'll be talking about Libertas, the Tuttle Twins books, parenting, homeschooling, and some other very important and very relevant topics. Welcome to the show, Connor Boyack. How's it going, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, of course. We're, we're so pumped. We're so honored to have you, man. Yeah. Like, it's it's so just crazy. a cool thing. Yeah, because, you know, a lot of people don't understand. Like, we get really excited. I, at least we do. Yeah. We get more excited to talk to someone like you than we would for, like, a basketball player or, like, you know, a movie star, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we're just so like-minded and... And it's like you're someone we've been following. It kind of ha- that happened to us too with them. Um, well, maybe you know. He of probably, course, he knows. Oh, Anna. He knows Anna. Yes, he okay, knows Anna. You know Anna. Anna yeah. Martin. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yep. Well, you know when she had her page, the Libertarian Homeschooler. Like we had no idea. That was a long time ago. 
And yeah. like we didn't know her or anything. She, to us, she was like a celebrity, you know? Yeah. But I don't know what it was. Like I told Danny, I'm like, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm gonna meet her one day. I just know it. And we've been <laughs> and friends that's it. Now we're like for really, like the last five we're years. We're such good friends now. We it's see amazing. each other every summer. Yeah. We we did we trick-or-treated with them a few years back. A few back. years back. We went to Atlanta. And they come to they come to the Tampa area. Yeah, because they always awesome. come for the summers. Yeah. So they're always coming out here to like St. Pete and and they're always hitting us well, up. Well, that's so. good because I'm certainly no basketball player. I can't do sports <laughs> at all. So you know, I, I tell my wife exercise is mental exercise the physical exercise you know that's where it's tough for me so you got the mental exercise part down that's i consume it. a lot of calories up with all the uh, think tanking <laughs> that i do during the day dude i love it you know you're not lying there's a guy that we um heard on a podcast and he was talking about how um the modern human burns about the same amount of calories as ancient man and we're like how did that happen and it's just that we're processing so much more. Yeah, we are. It takes our a lot of energy for our brains. Our brains require you know, more, probably more energy. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Well, we always lead off the show with uh, the question: uh, What is the most critical problem that you are currently trying to solve? Oh, that's a good question. I, th- I think for me, how I would answer is apathy. I-, I think one of the big problems we have in society is apathy. What do I mean by that? I mean that you know, in the day when there were like two channels on TV and newspaper subscription, life was slower, et cetera, et cetera. I think it was, and a lot less happening. We weren't operating at this frenetic pace that we are today. So I think what we have is an amazing society, interconnectedness and social media and apps and the and everything else. And there's so much good that comes from that. But one of the challenges that comes from that is just the information overload. And it becomes really easy to just disconnect from things that, that you don't like, you disagree with, you can stay in your echo chamber. Um, yeah. I think part of the problem that arises with that is that a lot of bad stuff can be happening and few people care about it. Few people are engaged. There's that funny comic meme where the guy is like sharing something online that's like meaningful or informative. And it's like, you know, the little Facebook like icon, it's like one like, and then it's like, I had, you know, this for dinner today. And then it's like 3,421 likes. And then yeah. he like, he up at the table because he's so frustrated or like, why do people care about stuff that doesn't matter? And then the it's stuff so that I'm trying. So, so that's, I think like my, my role, my passion in life is waking people up, educating them, informing them, motivating them, activating them. And uh, so what I'm trying to solve is apathy because I think, that, you know, all that it takes for uh, evil to prevail is for good men and women to do nothing. And I think we need a lot more people to be kind of woken up on guard, defending our freedoms and engage teaching their children, talking these things around the table, stuff like that's really important. So I'm trying to solve apathy. I love that. Gosh, man, that's good. That is an uphill battle. Yeah, that is a really, is, really uphill but it's battle. Good. Yeah, I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think? Do you think? I mean, obviously, we've you you can you can track your progress based on the bills that you help propose and the things that you're you know that Libertas is doing, but right. you know on a whole i don't i don't even know what to think like right now in this current situation i don't know let me me example so you know i was setting up libertas institute one of the questions i had was well isn't that like rearranging deck chairs on the titanic you know like look at the federal government and the debt and all this kind of stuff these are massive problems we're heading in one trajectory and that is hyperinflation collapse insolvency etc etc and so it was a really interesting question for me because I'm like, that's actually very fun. like, oh, okay, we're reforming simple asset forfeiture. Meanwhile, our children are being enslaved with the debt of, you know, the current generation, blah, blah, blah. 
And, and the way I think about it, uh, the way I wake up in the morning, the way that kind of motivates me is, you know, if I'm on the, if I'm on the deck of the Titanic and it's going down, what can I do? Right. I can, I can save myself. I can grab the guy next to me. I right. put a life jacket on him and tighten the belt. I can help kids. I can, you know, unlatch the boat. I can do some good. I can't stop the boat from sinking. I, I'm just right. Connor right. Boyack. I am not going to stop our massive, you know, inflation and debt problems and so right. forth. I, I can't stop that, but I can do something in my sphere of influence. And, you know, maybe if I get the life on that guy, that gives him enough time you know, and, and focus and kind of, oh, oh, yeah, okay, we're going down. I better, you know, do right. what I can and, and, and kind of that trickle effect. So I, I recognize that I'm not solving the world's problems, but I am doing a lot of good within the sphere of influence. And you know what? Along the way, I'm waking people up. They're teaching their kids. They're managing their finance, getting their affairs in order. They're prudent, self-sufficient. They're thinking through like diversified income streams. And if I lose my job or if the dollar hyperinflates or whatever, 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 I can be more prepared so that when bad things happen, whether it's a little hiccup or a bit like, you know, right now, right? Like whole economy shuts down a little while. You know, when you're prepared, then you're scared. You're not as afraid. And then not only not a drain on other people because, oh, I need welfare and I need this, that, and the other, but I actually help other people. Like I had a bunch of stacks of toilet paper just in my basement, whatever. All of a sudden there's no toilet paper, right? I wow. could because I could help yeah. people and be like, oh, here, and spare right. a square, right? <laughs> <laughs> Right. And, yeah. and I felt great. I was in that capacity as in that position. That's what to me kind of being prepared, being woken up, being a little a few steps ahead of other people, I can say here, let me help you let me show you the way. So that's something I can do. That's something I want to do. Well, it reminds me of that um, one story. It's like a, it's like an, a little little story about a woman walking down the shore and or a, a little child walking down the shore. I don't know if you've heard it. Oh, the starfish. Yeah, the starfish. There's all these starfish, thousands of them, as far as the eye can see. Um, And he's throwing them back in the water. And Mm -hmm. uh, a guy's coming towards him and he's like, you know, this is foolish. You know, you'll never save them all. He's like, tell that to the ones that I just saved. Right. Right. You know, it's the same sentiment. It's the same. Totally. Yep. Totally. So, well, I, you know, I don't think we should waste any time here. You know, we followed your work for a long time now. Um. We loved what you did, like I said, before we started talking with the 10th Amendment Center back in the day. Um, and we we still, I mean, I, I just went on the website just to see what was going on. They got some cool stuff going on now. Um, you know, what you've been accomp- able to accomplish with, I'm going to say Libertas. I'm going to correct myself because I'm going to okay. pronounce it like you. Because you are, you're the, you're, the, you're the head guy. I yeah, got to agree yeah, with so you. So, <laughs> um, and obviously the immense value that you've provided with this Turtle Twin series. Um, but we would love to know, like, where did this incessant, and, and I say incessant because I'm being facetious, because but we know that this is annoying to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, but where is this incessant obsession with liberty? Where did it come from? <laughs> um, so oh, that's a great, how do I answer that, man? There's like, it, I think it's like, it's like the death by a thousand paper cut concept. You know what I mean? Like any one little thing is, but like when it adds up. And for me, that way, the years where I would be a news article, I would, I would see something online, I'd hear of something that the government did to my neighbor, all these tiny little things added up where I started in my mid twenties to really develop this like frustration with uh, abuse of power and, and like yeah. this sensitivity to like injustice, right? Like that's wrong. And, and along the way I was becoming pretty effective at like marketing and coalition building and strategy, like strategic thinking and developing relationships with elected officials and reporters and stuff. 
on the one hand, I'm like building up my capacity to be able to like affect change and know the right people and who to talk to and what to do. And on the other hand, I'm developing like intolerance for injustice and th that kind of quote of like, oh, someone ought to do something about that, right? Or there ought to be law. And like, it's really like <laughs> passive, like someone is the tragedy of the commons, right? Because, because like everyone should do it, then no one does it. You know, like there's the trash in the, in the park, right? It's everyone's park. So yeah. it's no one's work. And so oh. the trash sits there because everyone's like, oh, someone else will take care of it. And then everyone else thinks right. that. So no one takes care. So it's kind of like, you know, all this injustice was happening. Like, no, like I almost got like shooken up a little bit through a various, uh, you know, series of events where I got to the point where I felt like, no, I'm going to be a person. Like if no one else is doing it, everyone's around here. That's wrong. That's wrong. And everyone's on social media, you know, complaining. And, and actually this analogy came to mind where I, years ago, I was the Facebook keyboard warrior, right? I was just like, you're wrong, I'm right, here's why. Look at yeah. my eloquent way of like persuading everyone, except yeah. not really, because no one's changing their minds, right? Right, yeah. right but, exactly. But I was like in my echo chamber, I'm, I'm amazing, and people can see that, right? Yeah. So, and, and so I was just like on blast. And, you know, I'd get really passionate about stuff, because I was starting to really care about these ideas, as I was reading a lot of books along the way and so forth. And the analogy came to mind or uh, uh, if it's an analogy or a metaphor, probably a metaphor, I get those mixed up. Uh, steam. I was letting off steam. I'm, I'm on Facebook just, you know, letting off steam. And then I realized, you know, when you can channel steam, when you can harness it, capture it, apply it, you can move a locomotive, right? This massive, heavy thing. Like I you like can that. actually channel energy in a very productive way and do a lot of amazing stuff. So that's when I have a shift in my life and realize kind of this, angry, venting, whatever, like I was let energy, but I wasn't applying that energy to very productive use. And so that's right. when I joined 10th Amendment Center as later when I started Libertas. I haven't looked back since because I realized, man, yeah, I get upset. I get passionate about these things, but I have this productive way to harness that energy. So stuff has happened to me where I get this thing in the mail or my buddy, you know, his business gets shuts down, shut down or whatever. And now I have this vehicle. I have this method to yeah, I'm going to get upset about it, fired up about it, want to help. But now I know what to do. Now I have the ability to actually go change that law, fix that thing, make that problem go away. Wow. I love that. I love that. So I think, of. you know, it, there's so much there. The The first point is, of course, to speak up. Don't, don't fall. Don't be that person not to speak up. But then the second part, it's like, uh, we went through that. We went through that uh, evolution. You know, like if I'm terrified at looking back at some of the things that I, I would post back in the day, it's oh so my angry. Um, like back in those like the Ron Paul days. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and you know what, that has shown up a little bit nowadays yeah. because it's gotten ugly. Um, mm. but I've, you know, I, I basically realized that last week I did this big, um, big meeting this weekend where it was like 10 hours over the whole weekend and so many successful entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, you know, it was like one of the person, one of the people said, eliminate all non-revenue generating activity and schedule revenue generating activity. And I'm not, I'm not saying that all of my activity needs to be revenue ger generating, but I can tell you one thing for sure. Definitely has to be positive. Yeah. Well, in the past week and a half, like that last week and a half where I was in the rabbit hole and I was like checking into every little thing and then arguing with people, I was so yeah. unproductive that mm. I just, I just said no more. And, and it, doesn't, so, it just wears down at you. I feel like it's just negative. Yeah. I mean, I, I, on the same, at the same time, we can use our social media. I'm not going to argue. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm going to definitely um, curate my page and delete things. I don't sure. mind and block people. 
There's mm-hmm. there's no reason why I wouldn't. I'm not going to yeah. get into it. Um, but it's important because so many people, I, you know, what you were talking about, how if I can help that one person, so many people are looking to others and maybe in the back of their head, they're like, you know, if, if enough people speak up, I'm going to yeah. speak up. You know, right. and, and if enough, te- enough people take action, yeah. I'm going to take action. So. Yeah, so true. And we kind of did something like that. Like, so this weekend on Sunday, we there was a little rally here in Tampa. And we're like, you know what? Let's go out Florida. to that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go out. It was my birthday. I'm like, you know what? Let's go. That's what I wanted <laughs> to do. I've always wanted to kind of like go to one of those rally, like a pro- like pro- peaceful protest. And it was so sure. positive, honestly. It was a great first <laughs> protest for me because it was there was no like. There wasn't really any, nope. any no, cocktails yeah, no, yeah, no craziness, <laughs> no. you know, a bunch of moms, you know, moms. Yeah, right. it was like moms, you know, just moms yeah. who yeah. got, got the, together to just, you know, spread the message and, and yeah, so that's great. I think you're right that oftentimes people are looking for that little confidence boost, right? We're very social creatures. And so we're looking to our peers and, and for signals, right? Is right. this truly appropriate? Is this culturally acceptable? Is this popular? Is this for the sure. right thing? And, and mentally, um, there's some really interesting brain psychology about this is that we're all looking for shortcuts. Getting back to kind of the, the mental energy consumption is where our brain wants to conserve calories. So we're trying to always take these mental shortcuts. Do yeah. if, if I have like the muscle uh, memory and I can do things without thinking, I'm able to kind of shut the brain a little bit and, and spare the caloric consumption. It's the same thing with having to think through uh, decision-making. If I can look to other people for cues as to how I should act, then I can go do that myself rather than right. thinking through the logical, ethical, blah, 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 blah. I can just kind of pattern out. And so that's why we kind of always love other people. I think certainly societally, politically, right? We get a lot of that where it's election day. And I get like 18 neighbors calling me saying, hey, who should I vote for? They don't, they don't want to put it in the work. They just want to be like, yeah. hey, I, I agree They're with like, you most tell of the me. time. Yeah, just yeah. tell me yeah. what to do. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they got whole, I mean, when you go to like, when you're towing the party lines, they got Republicans oh, well, and Democrats yeah, have well, whole cards to tell to, you who to, to vote tell for. you yeah they're totally. like number one is b it's like an answer key and the know? same thing yep. the same thing with 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 like a social media post when people see other people liking something they're like it's okay to like it's going back to what you said yeah it's okay to like this right yeah, yeah. well let's get into uh you know what you've got going on with uh libertas is it libertas yeah libertas oh libertas mm-hmm. yeah i like libertas better so attention all utahns that's another new word we uh just learn and we utah. have many many friends in utah so yeah. and we're actually supposed to be in utah right now yeah we were actually supposed to be there tomorrow tomorrow yeah we were supposed oh, wow. to go out there for fitcon we were supposed to gonna fly into salt lake city we were so excited because utah has been one on our bucket list uh it's beautiful here. yeah uh so kind of bummed that we're not there right now but i know we'll be out there but you know we want all of our friends and all of the our listeners who are in utah to plug in to the Libertas Institute and follow what they're doing. Uh, their mission, as stated, is this. To clear a path for each Utah to pursue a better life by removing obstacles that limit opportunity. Um, I can't think of a, a more relevant mission nowadays, really. Uh, so from what we understand, you you all do not have a statewide shutdown. So, uh, But you still have several battles that you're fighting right now. Can you share some of those for anyone uh, you know, around the country who's motivated to drive change in other states? Hmm. That's, a, that's a great question. Let me uh, pause uh, before I answer it to say, look, a lot of your listeners aren't in Utah. I don't want them to sleep. What I want them to do is go to spn.org. spn.org? Yep, stands for State Policy Network. And that is kind of the umbrella organization, national organization of the coalition 
of groups like ours. So you guys have listeners all over the country. There are tanks and groups like ours in every state working on state and local issues in community. That would be great for all listeners to go look up who are they are, what are they doing, how can I get involved, follow them on social media, just be connected to those kind of change makers in their community. So SPN.org. One of the, I'll I'll give you an example, just minutes before uh, I came on this podcast with you guys, I got a notification that our governor had signed this bill that we were working on. This is a bill that creates uh, scholarships for special needs students who, when they go to their public school, they're not getting all the services that they need. So instead, yeah. I believe Florida has a program like this. Oh, yeah, nice. it's called the get... Gardener, I think, the Gardener um, Scholarship. Yeah, I think that's Yeah, so you get some of the tax dollars that otherwise would be used for a child in public school, and you can go to a private school and get tutors, you can do homeschool curriculum, mm-hmm. whatever that child more particularly needs if the public school isn't quite working out. Earlier this year, in our legislative session, we got this bill passed. And the governor vetoed it because the public education, the teachers unions, all these people right. fought the bill and persuaded the governor to veto it. So imagine if you're the parent of a special needs kid wow. and your school is just inadequate, can't help. There's no tutors, there's no uh, speech therapist or whatever your child specifically needs help with. Suddenly you see, oh my gosh, this is amazing what the legislature done. I'm so excited. And then the governor bees. And so we had to go into negotiations with the governor's office, say, you know, what do you want? What are your concerns? Tweak the issue a little bit. The legislature came back in a special session, passed the bill again, just a, a couple months after they passed the last one. And just minutes ago, at the time we're recording this, the governor signed the bill. Nice. Um, why, wow. why, why I shared that is, you know, working on these freedom issues, it's very easy to get cerebral right? Like this is the right thing. These are the principles or the academic study show that children will excel 18% more, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. But what has become so um, important to me in the past few years, especially sure that we were the organization behind our medical cannabis uh, law. We finally got passed like a five-year campaign just a couple years wow. ago. We finally I got can it imagine. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Hard in Utah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard in Utah. In, in, in Utah. Right. And so like that issue and this education issue and some of these things, it's become very real to me how, uh, what the human impact of laws uh, is and can be, right? That, that these people, like the medical cannabis issue was so emotionally draining for me because whatever your position on drug laws and whatever, here are people who, for whom the pharmaceutical kind of model had failed. They were at their wits end. They want to try this, the, you know, plant material or extract and we're being oh, if you do, we'll take your children away or you'll lose your job or you'll go to jail or you'll be fine or whatever. And they're just like, I'm sick. I'm on these like 20 other medications that have horrible side effects and you're fine with that. But if I go to this thing that has basically no side effects that can probably help me get rid of all the other pharmaceutical medication, you're saying I can't do that, you know? Yeah. And so uh, it was so emotional because all these people were coming up just sobbing and little yeah. kids with seizure and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and it's, again, going back to, like, I got set on this path, that sensitivity towards injustice. Like, uh, the more I'm involved, like, it's this weird paradox. The more I get involved in the more relationships I develop, the more influential I become, the more momentum we create as an organization in being able to affect change. So with time, the passage of time, we're becoming more a resource to our community. It's a difference. And then along the way, we're finding 
all of these inc- uh, additional injustices that as time goes, we hear this story, read the news, blah, blah, blah. Some people call us or whatever. And so it's like we hear more problems, but then people gravitate towards us because that gravitational pull increases as our influence increases, which then like exacerbates the issue because even more justices are being like alerted to us. So my day, like my heart just sinks some of these days seeing that these people have no, they can't hire an attorney, they can't pay for people, they don't know what to do, they have this problem, can you help? And more and more, like we're being relied upon as uh, as a vehicle to fix these problems. And I'll tell you, like seeing how the the government can clash sometimes with people's freedoms and their rights and and the real harm that that can create. It's very motivating to me, but it's also very draining. It's like, it man, this, these are real people's lives that are being messed yeah. with. And and wow. you know the crazy part is, and I, you know I commend you, man, because they never stop. It's yeah. like the opposition, it's, you know, yeah, the opposition they, never stops. it's like, it's like you're, you're, you know, it's like you're Rocky and you know, that's Drago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Drago's over there with the best equipment, you know, yeah. getting the best workouts in and he never takes a day off. And it's like, you can't, you can't take a day off. I mean, I, I, I guess it's similar to me. Like when I, I hate to make this comparison cause it's nowhere near the same, but I'm just like, I realized at some point, like years ago, a few years back, that I'm never gonna fully catch up with all of my emails and all of my DMs. <laughs> and that every night I'm gonna have to go to sleep and accept that. And yeah. I guess that's yeah, how I think you, he, he I fought it for a while. S- I'm like, what are you doing? You're never gonna get through them, Danny. Yeah, there's no way. And I would try to tell him, I'm like, what do you think people with like millions of followers do? Like, you think that there's no way, like there's just literally no way. And he's like, but it, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Like, yeah, yeah. I wanna I wanna answer their questions. I mean, I wanna help them and and um and then after a while you just say, you know what? I can do what I'm going to do today, but at 7 p.m. the phone goes down right. and it's family time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh man, good stuff, good stuff. Well, let's talk a little bit about, because like I we before we started recording, we said, we told you, like we've stayed quiet for almost a decade on these subjects. You know, for one, after two Ron Paul campaigns where they did everything they could, even went as far as changing the rules at the Republican National <laughs> Convention, we all but gave up on the political process. Like we... We still, we, we vote on things like medical freedom and homeschool, and we'll probably vote in this election for a few reasons, but, um, you know, people know, and if they don't know by now, if they, if they didn't know before, they definitely know now, like that we're staunch advocates for individual liberty. Um, and we're speaking up now again, because this, this is an unprecedented power grab by yeah. our government and governments around the world. And we're grateful for our platform and we're going to keep using it to spread the message, but what would you say to someone who's seeing all of this it doesn't add up and they don't speak up for fear of ridicule and and in some cases obviously much, much worse. worse maybe right yeah depending where oh, they are that, that's so true uh th- this i mean th- the fact that this karen meme now exists <laughs> yes right? like karen, yeah. this is like the first time in american history where we have social shaming to to agree where it is right you're not wearing a mask you're out of your house you're on a non-essential trip you're in park. I'm calling the police. You are insufficiently afraid, right? Like, right, uh, right. This is, but this is a profound cultural shift, right? Because we haven't really had that before. And so, to me, like the the big question here is how much of this is short lived? In other words, like in the next few weeks, things will reopen. We'll get through the summer. Maybe there will be kind of a, a repeat in the fall. We're kind of waiting to see. But like, is kind of a short term blip that we just get through? It sucks. The government grows, but is it going to then contract? Or is this more what we've seen throughout history? And right. that yeah. is using periods of crisis to 
increase and centralize government power. We, we'll take care of you. We've got a plan. We're going to boss you. We're setting precedent right now that even though we're going to like wind back, you know, the ordering, what was a, uh, uh, Trump is ordering the, the meat industry to stay open and keep doing stuff, all this kind of, right? It's like the means of production are now being commandeered and, and controlled by the yeah. federal government. That always, Atlas, that always works out well. Yeah, always works yeah, well. Go, go read that little drug, right? Like, or, or even like going back to FDR, you know, price controls. And then we got, then yeah. we got this insurance thing. That that, yeah. that just oh it doesn't make sense at all right yeah exactly yep and uh, so, so I think it's very important to recognize for people who are afraid to speak out or who are nervous or whatever first I want to validate that right like it's totally yeah. understandable that people this is a confusing world and and kind of the cultural underpinnings I feel like are pretty quickly in terms of like people's attitudes toward government towards their peers respect of others, uh, of the you know, tolerance of different lifestyles and decisions. Uh, it's so interesting to see, you know, however you stand on abortion, but by and large, you have like pro-choice, uh, quote unquote, crowd, my body, my choice. And suddenly when it comes to like vaccinations, wearing masks Not and there. all this kind of stuff, yeah. right? The, there's only so far, it's like Alyssa Milano, right? Me too, right. when it comes to Brett Kavanaugh. And I'm going to use this little bit of intel to just you know, bust your balls and go after you. But when it's Joe Biden being sleazy with everyone in the world and oh, he's no. my guy on team, no, 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 it's, no. it's no longer me too. It's yeah. not that anymore. Right. Right. So it's, it's the double standard. And and look, my, I have many people in my family and, and my close friends who are not involved politically, stand the toxicity. It's just too much for them. Right. And, and I get that. I want to validate that. I, I totally understand. I don't fault anyone for not wanting to engage because it is really messy and you do have yeah. to have thick skin. Um, but I, I think there has to be some kind of critical mass. And what I mean by that is if everyone feels that way, then, you know, the crazy people are in charge and they'll just run amok with the, the kids to the kingdom. I think there has to be some kind of, you know, critical mass of people like our organization and, and people with a platform, you guys and mommy bloggers and, you know, journalists and the, the swans out there, whoever, right? We need like people yeah, out there who are asking the tough oh, yeah. questions. And and uh, and being on guard, alerting other people to the problem. Um, so I, I'm not one to say everyone needs to be engaged. Everyone needs to be shouting, at, you know, problems they see. Um, but I think we do at least need to, like here, here's here's how I summarize it. Uh, you will lose a battle that you don't know is even being fought. If yeah. if you don't understand that this is a war, this is a psychological war. It's a war for your freedoms. That, that it's bigger than just this lock issue. This is like an undercurrent uh, thing that's happening for you know centuries, decades, uh, whatever. If you don't understand that there is, is a, a fight happening right now, you're never going to win. Yeah. Imagine if, if you live, you know, you have neighbors and you don't know where your property boundary is. That neighbor can encroach and encroach and encroach inch so by true. inch by inch. And you can never say far and no further because you don't know where the line is. You don't know right. what the boundaries so are. True. And, and so I feel it's that way with our rights. I feel that way with our freedoms that if we don't know where those boundaries are, say, knock it off. That's wrong. You know, hey, government, you're telling me I have to, you know, wear a mask. I don't think so. You're telling me I have to stay at home, but I'm not, sick, uh, you know, whatever. Um, how can we defend against something that we don't know is a problem? So I, I think for that reason, at least this like basic education, which is why I get so pumped up with Pedal Twins, but at least like a, a very basic familiarity with these issues and principles is important for everyone. You're not going to be fully engaged. You're not going to be outspoken. I get that. People are in different circumstances, family, job, 
religion, whatever. But at a minimum, I would think that we all need to be aware and informed to be observant about what's happening just for our own family's sake, um, if for this kind of broader societal stake as well. Wow. So true. I mean, yeah. So, so, so yeah, I mean, I, I think people at the very least, you know, talk with your friends. It doesn't have to be on social media. Right, Just be right. like, hey, what do you make of all this? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like your close trusted friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of process it's, stuff. Discourse has been Especially destroyed. right now, we're literally isolating right. people. Like right now, we're literally isolating. Like, you're, we're literally putting people alone. And, and look at what happened, what's happened to discourse too. Like yeah. there's no room for any disagreement it's so polarizing and it's it- really yeah and it's getting well we're not you know us here we're not surprised because we all of us that are here know have pretty much known that this is a possibility and that this would come but yeah i mean we don't really have freedom of speech because um i mean our big platforms even you know like the ceo of youtube the other day was like hey guess what doesn't go with cdc you're getting taken down yeah it doesn't even matter if you're a doctor like Yep. So it's it's terrifying. It's like, you know, a lot of people have their, you know, online businesses. And, you know, I think of like our, you know, some of our doctor friends that we I know. Mean, we've we've lost a, a basically the equivalent of like a $45,000 a year income. Right, you right. Know, because of this. And, wow. you know, I think of I think of a, an article. I posted it the other day because I remembered it. And I was like, I got to post this. Ryan Holiday. You know, Ryan Holiday. He's written several mm-hmm. great author. Uh, he wrote The Obstacles Away. He writes on like stoicism, stoicism a lot. And stuff. And cool. 2015, he he wrote an article about when the, the safe spaces were, were happening. Mm-hmm. And it was all about Fahrenheit 51. And I had the same misconception about this book that he did. I just remembered it being about tyranny. You know, the firemen burned the books. But it was really about the books were burned because of the people being offended. And that's what I see this parallel in this current right. situation mm-hmm. where, you know, this is you know, it's a little bit of everything right now. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a little bit of 1984. It's a little bit of brave new world, you know, <laughs> yeah. but like for the most part, we have the power still. I mean, I would assume that, you know, that's the, in principle, we have the power and, and because people are voluntarily going in this direction, you know, I now have to entertain the idea that my neighbor is going to be the person to do me to in and not the out. government. Right. Right. And that's why I think it's important to have these conversations because I'm like, I think people need to get back to conversing again, you know, yeah. having conversations. For sure. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I, people are so terrified, right? And, and when people are scared, they lash out. Uh, we're easily trolled when we are afraid. And, you know, I wrote a, a few years ago called Feardom about this ex- issue where politicians and the media and others can and do, can and do uh, exploit our emotions. Because again, if, if we are scared of something and, and we're, uh, we're not at a vantage point where we have the information. So naturally, we as a people kind of defer to the experts, right? Dr. Fauci, tell us today we should right. be able to do, like, because you are smart, apparently. And so you know right. more than me and therefore can boss me around. But that's kind of the condition that people get in, right? Like, right. well, I don't right. know. So I'm going to listen to the experts. Well, right. when those experts are handpicked and they're opted and they're controlled and they're, you know, whatever, um, it becomes very easy for people to be manipulated because I'm scared and I'm ignorant. Therefore, Save me and tell me what I should do to solve this problem. And the the caloric, you know, savings. I don't want to think through it. I don't want to do my yeah, research. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not going to dig in. I'm just going to watch the news. Oh, the governor says this. Oh, shucks. I guess I got to shut my business down. Yeah. Right. Like I am over here, like applauding these few businesses I'm seeing who are now resisting. I saw it was a, a tailor shop in like New York City who's like, 
I'm yeah. opening. I don't care yeah. what you do to me. We're opening, right? And, and yeah. I've seen a few businesses wow. that who are willing to, and, and that's, you know, ballsy because, and, and here's why, right? I don't think there is, I, I know a few people who are toying with this idea um, and they are not afraid of the government. They're, they're not afraid of being, they're not afraid, they're afraid of the Yelp views when, oh, yeah. when the, the Karen's online find out that they're opening and all these people deem that that's the wrong thing. You're not sufficiently afraid and you're not, you're not being yep. a good little you're putting money manipulated. Over right. And so we're now going to leave all these negative reviews, destroy your business and can culture kick in, right? And because you're not following the herd, you've stepped off the bear belt and, and we think that's wrong, so we're going to destroy you. Um, it's crazy, right? And so I think that's what they're more afraid of is if they get out ahead of this, if they try and stand up and assert their rights, it's not just saying, hey, I'm going to go to the park, map right. me, bro, right? If you really want to arrest me, it's I have this business that depends right. on the market. And if the part of a segment of the market, the, all these kind of controlling shutdown, you know, people uh, are going to organize as they very well do and then descend on this person who dares to open their business, that can have much more long-term impact than what's happening right now. So it conditions people to stay quiet, keep your head down, do what you're told, because so many people out there like you guys and me who agree with the issues, but they're terrified of stepping out of line because again, at Fahrenheit 451, it wasn't the formal burning, it was the peers saying, no, that's wrong. It's, all, and it's we the don't, peers, yeah. Yeah, and, and you get that social shaming effect, it becomes very uh, controlling, more so than kind of the down command and control it's the lateral side to side i don't want to do anything that's going to get my neighbors upset with me with the drama so i'm just going to so keep true. my head down and not make waves and look what happened well look what the net effect of that is when we all just kind of you know the line and whatever it becomes very easy to manipulate people because you don't need a bunch of police to implement okay. this quarantine and everything you just need all the karens out there exactly you know, they'll do I've it got for a you line to call Exactly. So true. I was just telling Danny about this. I was like, look, they don't even the government barely even has to do anything because they have their their peeps, their the Karens, sheep, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, but this it's is a like, great segue for the next yeah, question. Yeah, which is a great like, segue for the next question, because, you know, we're going to talk about kids. And, you know, at first we were like, you know, Anna told us the other day because we were like, man, I'm I'm sorry that like we're are my kids. I'm like in such a bad mood. And she's like, you know what, though? It's probably good that you're that they see you angry about this. You know, like tell them to not forget this. Like, they should see you angry sure. about this. Like right. your kids are watching how you respond to tyranny, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you yeah. know, another battle, you know, you, you are fighting is the battle for the hearts and minds of our children, you know, um, and you are a homeschooler like us. And I would assume it's for many of the same the same reasons. Uh, but what, yeah. But what led you to write um, the Tuttle Twins series? And what would you say are the consequences of parents, you know, outsourcing all their children's education to the state? Wow, so a loaded question. Is, sorry. No, no, <laughs> this is this is where I get really animated and pumped up. Um, I know, I know, us too. So for those who aren't uh, yet aware, the Tuttle Twins children's books are uh, a series of books for. Kids age five to eleven, although we have some for teens now as well, so that they can learn principles of a free society. And uh, each book covers different topics, principles, and allows families to have amazing conversations together about these ideas that matter. Um, I wrote these books because uh, here I am running a little freedom fighting organization years ago, five uh, six years ago. And I would come home to my kids who were five and three at the time, 
And I'd say, how was your day? And what did you do? And I, I, I naturally found myself wanting to share with them what I, why was I gone all day? Dad, where do you go when you're not here? <laughs> and so I'm like, well, I work on computers. Like, <laughs> like, or, you know, I, I, a lot of stuff, but how do I like the ideas, right? right? Let me tell you about eminent domain thing I was dealing with today. And this guy lost his farm, you know, and, and that kind of natural sense of justice of a, a kid, right? When the toy is taken away or something's stolen, like that can kind of, again, and I was trying to figure out, like, how do you talk to kids about these ideas? And so like a good parent, I went on Amazon and I was saying like, what books are out there that can help me, you know, as like a crutch, right? Like here, this book, or let's read it together and then we can talk about it. And there was nothing. And there were like teens, you know, there was older stuff, there's stuff about the constitution, but there was nothing about like these underlying ideas uh, about what led to uh, the, the revolution and what led to the constitution, um, uh, principles that apply to every country and all people, not just, you know, the American government. So I spent a couple of weeks kind of being bummed, like, oh man, I, I really wish there was something because I was really wanting to like have these good discussions with my little kids. And I'm like, hey, you idiot, you talk about entrepreneurship all the time. Like, here's a, here's a little market void, you know, why don't you, why don't you jump in? So a buddy of mine, uh, Elijah, who's the illustrator, he and I had actually wanting to work together for some time. He on the Ron Paul uh, campaign doing some of their videos, uh, like nice. animation videos. Um, you remember like that Mitt Romney, there's like the puppet one and like the oh, vaccine yeah. and stuff. And that, that was all him. <laughs> That's, That's awesome. Him. We love him. We just, yeah, we were we just him. DMing with him before yeah. we got on yeah. with nice. you. We didn't Elijah's tell him, awesome. we'll tell him right after. Yeah. That's awesome. So he had been wanting to work together and he had little kids and sort of like, hey, what about this idea? The first book is kind of a labor of love. And since we mentioned Ron Paul, I'll share that uh, I was at Food Fest in Las Vegas, uh, 2015, I want to say. And I'm at this booth and I have just one book because that's all we've done, the Learn About the Law. And it was based on the law by Bastiat. Frederick Bastiat. Bastiat, yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, selling these books, talking up people about what the book is about, what we're trying to do. And uh, I get this notification on my phone every every hour or two i was in a new order this was all very new so orders were coming in kind of slow and i get this order and i look down and it says carol paul oh, oh that's so cute you're, you're like, like no you're like no it can't be and yes. so reached out and she included a little note with her book she bought like 50 copies she wanted wow. to buy them for like all their kids oh, you know precious. and i'm like okay there's the market signal something yep. to this that like you know we can do and so, you know, we haven't looked back. I mean, there was amazing. Uh, clearly to us, there was demand. Um, you know, what's amazing. So, so two insights that I want to share. First is we started by creating children's books. We wanted to teach children. I would say easily one third uh, of the people who are learning from our books are parents. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're teaching all the kids. Oh, sure. But so often we're hearing from parents who are like, I never learned any of this in school. Like this well, is cool. I didn't. And I, I had, you know, learn with my kid and we looked up a video online, learn even more. And so parents are learning a lot, um, which leads into the second. And that is uh, not only are, are we finding you know, parents based on their age who are unfamiliar with these ideas, we're actually broadening the intent, right? We are reaching conservatives, moderates, independents, all these people who are not necessarily like libertarian or freedom lover or free marketeer, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just people who are curious about, uh, you know, wanting to teach their children learn about the way the world works and what's economics and what, you know, makes sense of how we should interact with one another. And so these parents are actually being drawn to these ideas of freedom uh, through these books where I saw an ad online, their, you know, friend told them about the books and, hey, my kids love them. So they pick them up. 
And we're actually kind of broadening and exposing a lot of other people. I get really excited about that because I feel like, you know, I'm a product of public school, um, grew up in California, and, and I feel like for all the teachers that are out there, and I know many of them personally who are in the system and trying the best, the system itself is, is just full of problems. And it's popping out uh, generation after generation of ignorant, uh, uh, slavish uh, people, right? Just cogs in a machine who are willing to do what they're told yeah. and, you know, follow the conveyor belt uh, that is set up before them. And, uh, you know, I feel like people can jump off that conveyor belt and still do all right. Like, I, I don't feel like yeah. I was horribly broken. Yeah, I, by did. It. I did okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like we, I mean, we, we can get by. In spite of it, for sure. For sure. We can, we can like Neo, right? We can grow up through the system and in our life, we can all get unplugged at some point. There's no problem. But I feel like this mass conveyor belt, right? It, it's here's the industrial system and from beginning to end we're just pumping these kids through learning the same things in the same way at the same age and we want them all to be grade a certified meat at the very end we need to conform to our standards and be inspected and tested and graded along the way yep. and i just feel like horrible disservice to to humanity to, to my child like my child is unique has different talents and and goals and desires and abilities why would i want to imprint on my child's like cultural expectation that some curriculum committee came up with about what he should learn and when and why 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 can't i kind of help to help him discover and her discover right who they are so that they can kind of find their way and i'll help them and we'll expose them to all sorts of fun stuff i'll learn about things that they want to learn and be excited about it because they're becoming a person not someone else's version of what should be I'm rambling at this point the, the whole point i want to make is our public school system the textbooks and the teachers for all good that they do um do not expose children to the ideas of a free society do not teach you know economics and do not teach political science about the ideas of freedom the philosophy of personal responsibility and, and so forth these issues and, and many parents who might agree with these things feel inadequate about talking about them themselves. I don't know, like, what, what do I say? And I don't know how. So our books become that crutch. Our books become that uh, aid so that these families can learn together, have some amazing discussions. It's so fun for me on Instagram. You guys have posted as well. Seeing people being like, man, our kids had this, you know, great conversation with us about this. Or three weeks later, we went to the grocery store and I was like, did you ever wonder why there's 83 kinds of potato chips? And then you know, yeah. a year old will chime in, you know, division of labor or spontaneous, <laughs> so spontaneous order. Right? <laughs> so good. But it, but it clicks. And, and that's what I think is super important is that we, we help kids from young age learn these ideas because if we forever as like freedom lovers, if we wait for people to become adults before we talk to them, I think so we're true. always going to be on the defense because they've been kind of propagandized for so long into thinking about socialism and big government and all that apathy. So I, I just feel like we need to compete hearts and minds, like you said, of the rising generation and the Tuttle Twins is our way of doing it. I love that. Great answer, man. And, you know, I'm going to put words in your mouth because I, you know, you wrote the, um, the one that was um, based on one of my favorite Rothbard essays, Anatomy of the State, uh, The Fate of the uh, Future. Fate of the Future. Fate of the Future. Yeah. That book really shows kids the, the alternative view of this fantasy land. I think I've heard you before talk about this fantasy land view of the state. So... <laughs> We, we always told the kids and I, we tell other people when we, when people ask about homeschooling is that 
we want them, you know, people have this misconception of homeschooling too. They think that that you're trying to shelter your kids and, and sure enough, there's there's people that are trying to do that. Right, right. Um, yeah. But we want them to see more. We want right. them to see the whole world. We want them to see, I mean, I don't know if I would go as, I've, I've never read, I know who Thaddeus Owen is and I'm and I'm kind of love what he stands for. He, he's, you know who Thaddeus Owen is? Only a little bit. I've Rebel, heard the name and a little yeah, bit of his work. Renegade history. I mean, I don't know what it's all about, but it, you know, I, I stand with him in principle because history, for example, is only the president's wars, laws. And it's yep. like history is about a lot more than that. Right. So like when I educate my kids, I want to teach them about, you know, it wasn't the the the, uh, the Berlin Wall didn't fall because of the arms race. You know, like, right. you know, there's a lot of reasons why the Berlin Wall fell. Right. And, and let's talk about that. You know, let's talk about the cultural aspects. Let's talk about what happens when you start to introduce, you know, uh soviet countries to like pepsi and 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 you know <laughs> rock and roll right. and, and they're like wait a second this there's there's something I better like, like this yeah. is a thing this is yeah. a it reminds me did you guys see that harvard's been putting out this anti-homeschool stuff recently yes oh, and, but they spelled arithmetic wrong yes and they here they have this image of this homeschool child trapped in a home made of books they spelled arithmetic wrong which is hilarious which is the bible is one of the books you know they're of trying course. to like attack oh, christians and stuff but was, what was hilarious is they were portraying all the public school kids as like out frolicking and jump roping and <laughs> yeah, life hysterical. is great. And the homeschool kid is like trapped inside. I'm like, are you kidding me? When I homeschool Literally my kids, the opposite. Totally the opposite. Like we drive by and I'm like, all your friends are trapped in there right now sitting at desks. And here we are going on a fun field trip to, to the whatever zoo. place. <laughs> right. Yeah. right. Like we're like, we are the ones frolicking and learning through life and, and, abundance and flexibility and freedom yeah. and they are the ones trapped inside of a building it was so amazing to me how backward that was but that again shows like the mentality that the, the propaganda kicks in and people and people read it and they're like oh okay like yeah, they read they it and they're like oh well because there's so many of those ideas have been planted in your head already so you're just like oh that confirms what i already thought i knew for sure yeah yep. yeah well yeah. we know we only have three minutes with you so i'm trying to think I, I, I guess I'll just skip out on some of this other stuff because um, they're just too long of a question. But I, I want to know, like, what's next for you personally and professionally? And do you think this lockdown has changed any of your plans or given you new ideas for books or, mm. or any content for that matter? So, so yeah, actually, to answer that one more specifically, uh, I have a long list of potential book ideas and we love getting reader like feedback like, hey, think about doing this. And so I always am growing that list. Uh, there was a book written in the 80s by um, Robert Higgs called Crisis and Leviathan. Leviathan yes. is this yes. concept we of big We love him. Yes. Yeah. So it's about like, look, when there's crisis, then government grows. And he explores back in the 80s, you know, through history, all of the different periods of crisis and how the government had new programs and new policies that never went away and new taxes and so forth. And so I'm like, you know what? It, it may be time to do a book more squarely on that issue because everyone expects coronavirus to come back in the fall. And we're going to be talking about it all summer long. And, and this has so been seared into our, like, you think about swine flu and, yep. and Zika and all these things, they come and go. They don't really impact a ton of people. But man, the way, like, shutting down an economy, this is going to have a lasting imprint on people's minds. This is different than other little, like, you know, diseases and things and yep. bad things that have happened. So I, I feel like uh, as families, we're going to have kind of broader recollection for a long time about what we're all going through right now. So, you know, there's a lot of problems happening right now. I don't want to like uh, downplay the the health issues and the economic issues that are happening, 
But every time there's a problem like this, that always, you know, often presents an opportunity. Uh, so for example, like all these families right now are homeschooling, right? And, and maybe it's different than you and, and your family, and my family is doing it, but all these families are being exposed to this different way of doing things. What opportunities does that present for us to talk to those families and say, hey, you might consider doing this next year as well, not just as this short-term right. thing. So we're trying to think through those things and say, you know, what are those opportunities? How can we take advantage of them? At least for the Tuttle Twins, that's kind of the book concept I'm thinking of in terms of like, you know, let's help families understand uh, why during times of crisis, we need to be especially on guard for our that's freedoms because of this tendency of government to grow so much during during those times of crisis. That's Great, perfect. And, and, yeah. and we're so grateful for, for what you've done. Like I, I have... Mises.org is waiting in the wings, but there's so much on there that my nine-year-old is not ready for. Yeah, it yet, it's, you know? yeah it's a lot. It's so a lot. it's like it's like thank you for for what you've done, and we 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 have our you know our accounts. You know, Learn Liberty has great stuff and a bunch of stuff like that. But anyways, it was great to have it was you so on. Great man. to meet we you. Gotta be having you on. Yeah. We gotta have you back for like a part two. Yeah, <laughs> we could we could be here all day. It. I know how you know how it is. I would love it. I would love it. Seriously, thank Where you. Where can people find out more about you? And, uh, you know, we'll put all the links and all this stuff uh, in yeah, the show yeah, notes as well. Yeah, for sure. Thanks again, you guys. I, I love talking about this stuff, too. I get really fired up about this. So I appreciate uh, letting me borrow your platform. Uh, Tuttle Twins books, the easiest thing is just TuttleTwins.com. You get all the books there. You get a discount. You get free workbooks. It's kind of the easiest place to get the most value. You can find out about me just at ConnorBoyak.com or just Google Connor Boyack. Um, and you can find uh, all sorts of uh, crazy things about me out there. But uh, just for all the, for all the, uh, and our website is libertasutah.org. But again, I would encourage all your listeners, check out spn.org. Yes, I wrote SPN. that down. Click on I your state. Look into that. Yeah. Yeah. Click on your state, it. find who's working in your state, reach out, uh, check them out. It'd be a great way for people to at least get some familiarity with who's working in their backyard. Thank awesome. you so much, Connor. So great. Great having well, you, Well, thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for having me. See ya. Take care. Hey guys, we're going to take a minute right now to tell you about one of our amazing sponsors, Santa Cruz Medicinals. Santa Cruz Medicinals is a company that we've been using for years now. They make high potency, high quality, lab tested CBD formulas at an affordable price. They offer ketogenic, paleo, gluten-free, sugar-free lab tested formulas. You all may remember when we did our cannabis series last year. One of the things we learned with CBD is that the research is pretty clear on dosage. Five to 20 grams per kilogram is what you should be taking per day. And most of the quote unquote CBD you see online and on Amazon is severely underdosed. Most of these products are offering dosages that are so low, you'd have to down a bottle a day. <laughs> That's why we love Santa Cruz Medicinals because they offer highly dosed, potent CBD with clean ingredients, and they have several cool products, but we want to share our favorites with you. So what are your favorites, Lilo? Um, All of them? <laughs> no, really. I have yet to try a product from them that I don't love. However, I will talk about some of my ride or die products. So during my cycle, I get horrible migraines, guys. And my go-to is definitely their peppermint tincture or the 10,000 um, milligrams to get a potent anti-inflammatory dose. Uh, peppermint has been shown in studies to relieve migraine pain. But let's talk about the pain salve real quick because this I use for almost everything. And everyone in this household agrees we cannot live without it. So the CBD pain salve, it has clean ingredients that you can trust, but it also has peppermint, 
which really, really helps. And so what I like to do is I'll rub some on my temples and it really provides instant relief for me when I have bad headaches. But of course, I'll use it as well for any muscle pain that I have. Well, I'm personally a huge fan of the 10,000 milligram bottles of CBD in MCT oil. I put it in my coffee and then again at night, I'll, I'll put some more in like some broth or whatever drink I'm drinking, a hot tea uh, to get an adequate dose for the day. I also love the pain salve, especially when I'm extra sore. We usually take turns massaging it onto each other and it always does the job. You guys also have to try the new CBD infused hemp and collagen protein. If you're a fan of horchata, you will love this one. Oh, that one is so good, guys. We just tried it and it is so good. Um, so yeah, if you're interested, check them out. You can find them at scmedicinals.com. And of course, don't forget to use the code FATFIELDMOM at checkout to save 15% on your order and get free shipping, guys.
see 